Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. Welcome to everybody who's joining us online this morning. This is going to be a little bit different, but we're teaching on effective prayer. And so when the Lord started dealing with me about this this week and what he wanted me to share today, I was like, Lord, are you sure? (laughs) I tread on this very lightly and I come in all humility. I really do. The Lord's been dealing with me. So what I ask from you this morning is this. As we're going through this, and I don't even know if you'll be able to take many notes. You just might just need to listen. But as we're going through this, I ask you two things. Number one, please hear what the Spirit of God has for me to say. Don't sit there and think, she's not my favorite preacher. None of that. God does not care about that stuff at all. And we shouldn't either. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is when we go through this and we look at this, do not, and you will have to fight against this, do not look at the person across the room. Do not look at somebody that's in your life. Do not look at a situation and the person in that situation. You have to look at yourself. I have to look at myself, right? So all that being said, let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning. Lord, our heart's desire as a church here is to fulfill everything that you have set before us. It is to fulfill things, Lord, that you have for us individually, but as a body. And Lord, we humble ourselves before you this morning and we thank you. And we open our hearts up to you to speak to us. to show us, to lead us, to guide us. We come before you in all humility, saying to you, Father, that we do not have it all together, that we need you. We need you to lead our life. We need your word. We need your spirit. And so, Lord, we yield to you this morning because, Father, we want effective prayer because the things that are going around In this world right now, in our city, in our families, all of these things, Lord, we know that through faith, that is the victory that overcomes the world. That, Father, you have already won the victory for us. And our job and our heart is to come in line with you, to come in line with your word, to come in line with the Holy Spirit, and to acknowledge you in everything that we do in every way that we think and everything that we say and everything that we do as a body here, Lord, we do to honor you and we do to make you known and to lift you high. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us this morning, that you're helping me to get the words that you want to say out. And Lord, we as your people, as the body, we purpose in our hearts to hear and to obey and to yield and to humble ourselves. And if you believe that, and that is your heart, just agree, amen. Amen, all right, well, praise the Lord. 
Um, I'm not going to do a lot of review from last week just because I don't have time and I want to get to the things that the Lord wants me to get to here. But just to recap a little bit, we've been talking about James 5.16 and the effective prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, right? It's dynamic and it's working. And we've looked at how righteousness, and I'll just read this part, but uh, James 5.16 really shows us that in conformity to him as a lifestyle and cooperation with him is what releases the power of the resurrection into our situation. It is not, um, I've prayed long enough, I've prayed hard enough, now God's going to answer my, my prayers because I did, I did all these things and I, you know, it's not religious. It is a relationship. And it is righteous men and women who have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. We are righteous because of the grace. We are righteous because of what Jesus did. Not anything you will do. But as we talked before, a righteous person just doesn't mean the position, but then you learn how to live out from that new nature and that new position that Jesus paid such a high price for. And that is what we get to do on a daily basis to show to the Lord that we love you. We honor you. We don't take lightly what you did for us. So in our response to the Father of placing us in that position of something that we could not have earned on our own, we could not have in anything achieved right standing with God but by Jesus Christ. But now because of that amazing, amazing, amazing thing that we've received, once you've received, you will go to heaven. You will spend eternity with Jesus. But what about heaven on earth? What about walking in kingdom principles right now? What about living in such a way that consistently tells the Lord, and he's not asking us to be perfect, but he's asking us to be purposed in this, that we consistently live our lives to honor him and show him thanks and show him love by taking what he's done and applying it to our life. Because it's not just about where am I gonna go when I die. It is about bringing the kingdom here. It is about being a vessel for the Lord to use. And I, before I go into this, I just want to put this out there. And maybe some of you have seen, and maybe some of you have not seen. What the Lord has available for us. Now, there are other churches, there are other places. I'm not talking about them. What he has for us and what he has for this church to do is beyond anything you can think or imagine. It's incredible. It has the potential to release Jesus into dying situations on a accelerated, impactful, powerful playing field, if you will. How do I know this? Because I know that's what Jesus did, number one. 
I know that's what the disciples did, number two, because he turned, the disciples turned their world upside down. And I know that we're disciples, so we get to follow in that. But I also know that God has spoken things to us as a body. And we are responsible for the things that he has spoken to us. They do not, words from God do not just come to pass because a prophetic word came forth and spoke them. You have to walk those things out. And I am just telling this, and I know most of you know this, but when you begin to walk things out that God has put before you, that he's given you, it is not easy. And what I mean by that is it's not easy on your flesh. And that's where the enemy tries to get in. So let me finish James 5.16, kind of just a recap of what we talked about, but um, I'll just go ahead and start over, actually. So uh, James 5.16 shows us that in conformity to him and a as a lifestyle and cooperation with him, we release the power of the resurrection into our situation by bringing our soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion, into vital union in God, with God in Christ. And inevitably, this produces righteousness of life that conforms to the will of God and therefore produces tremendous power prayers that are dynamic in their working and full of the heaven fruit that righteousness produces. Yes. I believe everyone in here wants that. I believe it's available for us. It's just right there. If somebody is operating in the power, tremendous power prayers and like everything you say comes like the manifestation, I'd like to talk to you. Because <laughs> when I you know, look around, even in my own life, there's things that I've dealt with that are around too long and I wanna know why. And I know it's not God, because God's perfect. Amen? So uh, now let's look at the first part of um, James 5, and this is actually, I'm going to go to 15 and then just through 16a, but it says, and the prayer of faith, and I did not give you guys the scripture, so there's not a lot. You got this. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I like Andrew Womack's commentary on this. He says, prayer doesn't save the sick. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. Prayer without faith isn't true prayer. And then he says, Andrew Womack says, and then verse 15 makes a link between sin and sickness. Now this verse is telling us how to disconnect that link. It says we confess our sins to one another. And this isn't encouraging what some do when they confess to a priest. Thank the Lord. We don't have to do that. No man has any power to forgive your sins but God only. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man, and you find that in 1 Timothy 2.5. This is just saying that we need to humble ourselves and admit our faults and then turn from them. 
I'm going to stop right, well, let me finish this and then I'll say this, but this is what, a tr what true repentance is. But those who refuse to humble themselves but persist in their sins block their own healing. From what I've seen and what I've heard, and I'm talking to all of us, myself included, is that a lot of times we immediately go to the outside for the problem, to fix the problem. Well, if this were different, if they were different, if that was different, if they were different, if they were different, if they were different, if they were different, well, then I'd be different. I'm so glad that me growing up spiritually has nothing to do with anybody else. I got enough to deal with on my own than to try to make sure everybody else is doing what they're supposed to do to help me grow spiritually. Hallelujah, we don't have to live there. Which means that, and this is what I said at the beginning, don't look across the room, don't look into the situation and look at a person. We have got to humble ourselves and look at ourselves. The more you are, are, that you look at yourselves, the freer you will be. I'm going to say that again because I don't think you heard it all the way. The more we look at ourselves and humble ourselves, the freer you will be. Because you cannot get freedom from somebody else's interactions. You get them from yourself. You get them from your relationship with the Lord. You get them from going before the Lord, humbling yourselves and allowing God to speak into you and say, you should do this, you should change this, adjust this, or hey, you're doing a good job here, but let's just adjust this, like a good father would, right? So we know that faith is a must in prayer and that faith works through love. And here's two scriptures that you can look at later. But James 1, 6 through 8 says, Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not man, that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So we see that you can only go to God by faith. Now, thank the Lord that we go before him and he doesn't say, you weren't in faith, get out of here. He's merciful, he's, he's uh, patient, but he will tell you. Why did you doubt? Why are you doubting? He will say that to us. Why are you doubting? I've given you the foundation and it's firm and it's strong enough. Why are you doubting? So we go to him in faith. We go to him in prayer in faith. And then in Galatians 5, 6, and this is the New Living Translation, it says, for when we place, well, I'm actually, it's, I'm not going to read all, that all the way. Sorry, I didn't write that out here. But it's the one that says that faith works by love. So for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised. Oh, this is it or being uncircumcised, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. He is pleased by faith that manifests itself in love for him and each other. Do you realize that if our proper 
heart engage and our love is not directed toward him like it should be, then you're going to have a hard time loving those around you. Because love is something, the God agape kind of love, and we'll get into that, but the agape kind of love is something that you cannot do on your own. It takes his spirit in you to do that, to walk in that. It takes his spirit in me to be able to walk in that. It's impossible without that. And so um, he's pleased. So we see that you go to him in faith, you ask in faith, but we also see that our faith should have a motivation and the avenue of love, that it works that way. That actually the love of God fuels that faith. It is, so we, what we see in this is that it is a component that you cannot leave out. Because if it's left out, then what happens? Your faith doesn't work. And if we're gonna go to God and believe God and have tremendous power in our prayers, then there's a foundation that has to be put down before it can be and produce the, the produce, the fruit that, it is, that it's supposed to and that God designed it to do. So this is where you're going to have to hang on because I'm going to read a lot here. Actually, I'm not going to read that first. Miss Suzanne put these, transcribed all these words for me and I am so grateful. I'm going to read a couple things and there's going to be some really exciting stuff in here. Remember we talked about the prophetic word that God speaks that you actually have to walk that out, that it doesn't just happen. And uh, this was in 2018. I'm not going to tell you who gave the word. I'm just going to go through a couple of these, well, more than a couple. But hang with me and listen. Just listen. Everybody going to listen? Okay, just listen. Just get your ears ready. Listen. Listen with your heart. So this is in 2018. Sean, I am telling you, I believe for this for you guys. I'm not kidding you. This is for Billings, Montana that I am delivering it right now. Congregation, this is for you guys. I'm telling you what I hope, I hope you like your neighbor because you're going to have another one next week sitting alongside of you. I'm telling you God is going to bring people to this church. I mean, you guys just do your job. Just do what you're called to do. You are not going to have to go and beat, beat down or beat up to cause this to happen. You just be who you are and what you are and watch God bring people from the north, the south, the east, the west. He will bring in the maimed, the lame, and the halt. So guess what? You may have someone sitting next to you that probably didn't take a shower last night. But you might have people sitting alongside of you that you probably would not have chosen to sit by. But because we are Christians and we represent a higher kingdom, we will be there for them. They are going to be lame, maimed, halt, broke. They are going to be suicidal. They are going to be everything you can imagine. And they are going to sit next to you because they are looking for hope and help. They will come to this church hoping someone, maybe you or maybe this church, will be able to help. Maybe they'll be able to help me. I'm not just talking about handing out stuff. They are looking for any type of hope. Maybe the pastor will say something and then many times the pastor will not say a word, but the person next to them will pray for them and have a scripture for them. 
This is why they are coming. This is why they are coming. Break forth is coming, says the Lord, in a way that you have not seen yet. No, not like it was in the past, but even a mighty deluge, a great flood of water, flood drenching rain, downpour of blessings, and a deluge of, there, of there they come, there they come, there they come, there they come. Sean and Heidi, Faith Family Church, here they come, 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 here they come. They are coming to this house, they are coming to this house that I have ordained, says the Lord. I have ordained this house for them and you. Here they come, here they come, here they come, here they come, here they come. I know by the 2019, I know by the Holy Ghost from prayers prayed for you, this church and your pastors, that there's a rumbling going on in the spirit. Get ready, multiplication. He said, this is in 2019, there are many victories in this room. There are so many victories that are resting upon many of you in this house. For there is a deeper depth that I have for you, a depth of my plan and my purpose for you to walk in and to see and to walk all the way through. For revelation light is not just for a few, but for all. And I've called you to operate in this place of the supernatural. And that's not all. Where deep calls to deep, where deep calls to deep, and you begin to operate in such deep rivers that flow from the throne. Rivers that flow out of your own belly, for I've got revelation, light, for, and wisdom. I've got things that your natural mind doesn't get right at the moment. But as you step over into me, I will cause light to be and understanding will come forth. And you'll be glad that you learn, spend, learn to spend time in faith with me. Stay with me, please. It must be, this must be, this is in 2019, a church that operates in the spirit, lives by the word and will manifest my glory. He said it must be. 2019, later on in the year, I have you in my eyesight. I love you, saith the Lord, and I have called you. And I have called you, listen, to come together because what I have designed for this body to do cannot be done with just three, four, five, or six. It could not be done with just these pastors alone. But I have called you together, saith the Lord, to take this city and to take this region. Billings will be my city, saith the Lord. I have appointed and anointed you for this task. And I do such because I see your heart and I see your love and I see your fervency for me. So I know that I can trust pouring my spirit into you. I know that I could trust this group of believers, come on, that's you, to take this responsibility, to take it and hold firm to it. Go forth with it and I will use you greatly as a body of believers that you yourself will be astonished and you will step back and say, look at what the Lord has done. Um, 
I'm gonna, that's all I'm gonna read for that one, but I want you to, to keep this in mind. We have to take it, we have to hold firm to it, and we have to go forth with it. 2019, in the, in the late part of the year, oh my people, my people, I have brought to you the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. I have given to you a language, a language, a language from him. I'm asking you, I'm asking you, my people, do not neglect that gifting. Do not neglect that tool. Do not neglect that aspect of the third person of the Godhead. Do not neglect your prayer in the Spirit. For it is your life, it is your life. Yes, I, the Lord, am your life. My blood flows to your veins, and I want you to walk in life. Walk in the light by the prayer in your spirit. Do not neglect that time with me. Two thousand twenty. There are gifts in the spirit that I long for my body to operate in, for it's been a little here and a little there. But I have so much more for my body to enter in. There are gifts that I long for them to operate in and yield to. But the way these gifts become available to the believer is by entering into the upper room. Praying in an unknown tongue and speaking in an unknown tongue will cause you to go deeper into me. For there is so much revelation that I desire to give, and yes, through my word, but it is when my word and my spirit agree. There is so much in him for our eyes to see. If we would just sit back and watch, we would laugh and shout, victory, victory. For I have called many in this room to pray, not just pray a little, but to come deeper in and to go further into what I have for this world in this hour. I have called you to come further, but yet so many things have gotten in the way, and tonight I'm asking you to come and pray. Seek my face and pray my heart. There are rivers to flow in. There are rivers to flow in. There are rivers to flow in that I have given unto my church. Please hang with me, don't, don't, don't disconnect. 2021. Some in this church have begun to sleep when it comes to prayer in the spirit and they haven't been praying as they ought because they've let other things take leadership in their lives. There's another part of the assignment for this church that must be seen. What's the rest of the assignment? Well, there's another part of the assignment. And then he said, he will see it. He will see it, Pastor Sean. And then he said, you know, it is the last day. For there are many in this room that hold things for the assignment that are to take place in this church so that it can go further and so that it can operate for this day. So what part of this must you hold? The only way you will know is by praying in the spirit and speaking out in an unknown tongue that will reveal that which is ahead. 
write it down. And when you write it down, understanding will be, and you won't be wearing a frown. But you will be glad because you will, because it will be exactly what he, what I desire for you to do. So write down the vision. Listen to this, 2021. For a church will never do what it ought to do if it sits back and gossips and slanders one another. A church will never grow to the place it ought to grow if all you're doing is talking negative all the time. Growth is talking negative all the time about growth. A church will only fulfill the mandate that is upon it and go forward, speaking out the mandate that is upon them and not falling into these things. Twenty twenty. Same year. Most recent. You are supernaturally pastoring, but it's going to increase. It's going to increase. It's going to grow. These are words that were spoken to the body. And you'll see how good this is. But no, the further you go, the more the devil will try to enter in. You know what to do with that. You laugh and you command it to flee. The enemy will try to stomp out the anointing and he will even do it through people that are closest to you, people that are close in the church. That is why those in this body need to keep themselves in line to pray in the spirit so that our attitudes and our actions stay in line so that we are renewing our mind in the word God is speaking to the leadership to do this. So either get in the boat or get out because it's happening and it's happening. The supernatural happenings of the spirit are going to continue to happen and there will be great growth. Growth spiritually for the believer that dares to go after in prayer and faith. And growth naturally with new believers coming in and babes. Another door just opened, the harvest, the harvest, the harvest being reaped. The supernatural will be manifested. Men will come to see. They will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Some will say, I don't know how I ended up here, but you will know how it took place because of praying in the Holy Ghost and the body being in the right place. It's time for the body to grow. It's time to get out of being offended. There is something about humility and humbleness of heart that will cause you to grow. It will cause you to stay focused on what you should be on and not the things about which you do not know. Direction, direction. I see miracles. I see impartations. I see growth. Don't get in your head. Don't get in your head because it will block you from going further because it's out of your spirit. You must flow. I believe the Lord took me back to those words because 
If you notice, there was a progression. And then if you notice, there was a correction. Here's what I have for you. Here's what I want you to do. But here's what you need to guard yourself of. And it, didn't, it did not say guard. It did not say tell other people what they need to do. This is a personal responsibility that only you can adjust in your life. Only I can adjust in my life. And we looked at how faith in prayer is a must. And we looked at how that faith works by love. And you can study that out more, but there is a lot of scripture in this word that talks about, um, you know, uh, I think prayers not being hindered. All of these things, you need to go and study it out for yourself. But if I could say, and if you are aware and you are listening to what the Spirit of God has been saying to this church, to all of us, he has spoken a lot about walking in love. And that is because without it, we will not make it. And we will not accomplish what God has for us. I'm going to read some more, so stick with me. The great reason why, and this is uh, William Barclay, the New Testament words, this is Greek. Okay, these are the meanings, the meaning of agape. The Greek re reason why Christian thought fastened on agape is that agape demands the exercise of the whole man. Christian love must not only extend to our nearest and our dearest and our kin, our friends and those we love, but Christian love must extend to the Christian fellowship, to the neighbor, to the enemy, and to all the world. Agape has to do with, or it's not simply an emotion, which rises unbidden in our hearts. It is a principle by which we deliberately live. Agape has supremely to do with the will. Agape, this Christian love, is not merely an emotional experience which comes to us unbidden and unsought. It is a deliberate Deliberate principle of the mind and a deliberate conquest and achievement of the will. It is in fact the power to love the unlovable, to love people whom we do not like. What then is the meaning of this agape? The supreme passage for this interpretation of the meaning of agape is Matthew 5, 43 through 48, where we are bidden to love our enemies. Why? In order that we should be like God. And what is the typical action of God that is, that is cited? God sends his reign on the just and the unjust and on the evil and on the good. That is to say that no matter what a man is like, seeks nothing but his highest good. That love lives in you, lives in me. Agape the spirit which says, no matter what any man does to me, I will never seek to harm or seek harm to him. I will never set out for revenge. I will always seek nothing but his highest good. That is to say, Christian love, agape, is unconquerable benevolence, invincible goodwill. It is not simply a wave of emotion. It is deliberate conviction. 
issuing and deliberate policy of the life. It is a deliberate achievement and conquest and victory of the will. It takes all of man to achieve this. And really all of man to yield to the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It takes not only your heart, but it takes your mind and your will as well. Agape, our love toward our fellow men, is bound to be a product of the Spirit. He cannot live it until Christ lives in him. When we study the New Testament, we find that love is the basis of every perfect relationship in heaven and in earth. Love is the basis of relationship between the Son and the Father. The purpose of Jesus' whole life was that the world may know that he loves the Father. Love is God's attitude toward us. Sometimes Christianity is presented in such a way that it looks as if we, if it was the work of a gentle and loving Jesus to pacify a stern and angry God, as if Jesus did something without change, or which changed the attitude of God to men. The New Testament knows nothing of that. The whole process of salvation began because God so loved the world. Christianity does not think of a man finally submitting to the power of God. It thinks of him as finally surrendering to the love of God. It is not that man's will is crushed, but it's that man's heart is broken. Please keep listening. Listen real good. Hang with me. The mark of the Christian life is the love of Christians for one another. And you see this in John, 1 Peter, 1 John, a few times. You're going to have to go look it up. Christians are people who love Jesus and who love each other. The basis of every conceivable right relationship in heaven on earth is love. It is on love that all relationships, both human and divine, are founded. Love is the very nature of God. God is love. God's love is sacrificial love. God's love is merciful love. God's love is strengthening and saving love. God's love is inseparable love. God's love is chastening love. God's love is the love which, know, which knows that discipline is an essential part of love. And then the New Testament has a lot to say about what man's love for God must be. It must be exclusive, and we've talked about this so much. It is love which is founded on gratitude. It's obedient love. Repeatedly in the New Testament lays it down that the only way we can prove that we love God is by giving him our unquestioning obedience. That's in John 14, 15, 21, 23, and 24. 1 John, 2 John, you can go look it up. Obedience is the final proof of love. It is a giving love, an outgoing love. Love must be the very atmosphere of the Christian life. Almost done. A church where there is bitterness and strife may call itself a church of men, but it has no right to call itself a church of Christ. It has destroyed the atmosphere of the Christian life and is bound to be suffocated. It has lost the badge of the Christian life and is no longer recognizable as a church. 
Love is that by which the church is built up, Ephesians 4.16. It is the cement which holds the church together, the climate in which the church can grow, the food which nourishes the church. The motive power of the Christian leaders, for this is for leadership, must be, the motive of the Christian leader must be solely to love and serve God and his fellow men. At the same time, the attitude of the Christian to his leaders must be that of love. Too often that attitude is an attitude of criticism and discontent and even resentment. The bond of the Christian army is the bond of love between those of all ranks within. The Christian love goes out to the brotherhood. It was the astonished cry of the heathen in the early days that said, see how these Christians love one another? One of the severest handicaps of the modern church is that to the outsider it must often appear to be a company of people squabbling bitterly about nothing. A church completely enveloped, enveloped in the peace of mutual love is a rare phenomenon. Such a church would not be a church where everyone thought the same and agreed on everything. It would be a church in which men could differ and still love each other. It is the simple fact that more people have been brought into the church by kindness of real Christian agape love than by all the theological arguments in the world. And more people have been driven from the church by the hardness and the ugliness of so-called Christianity than by all the doubts in the world. Love is the perfecting of the Christian life. Romans 13.10 Colossians 3.14, 1 Timothy 1.5, 1 and 1 Timothy 6.11, 1 John 4.12. There is nothing higher in this world than to love. The great task of any church is not primarily to perfect its buildings or its music or its vestments. Its great task is to perfect its love. Jude one twenty says, maintain your life with God, is the heading. It says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. The New Testament commentary says that this is our responsibility in that verse. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Build yourselves on the foundation of, of the objective truth of the gospel. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray with him and pray in line with him, pray in line with the word. Keep yourselves, number three, in the love of God, which means take watchful care, cling to, keep yourselves in the shelter of God's love, keep yourselves in the sphere of God's love, the place where his blessings are unhindered and can flow freely in your life. We're not earning answers in prayer. We're cooperating with and yielding to the nature and the kingdom 
that he has made us a part of. Body, this is for us. We can have all of the gifts of the spirit that we want, but if love is not the foundation of them, they will amount to nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So then, as the believers and each one individually, I challenge you, I challenge myself to take these words, what God spoke, even this prophetic word that maybe you don't even remember that came out, but that was there that was given to us as a flag saying, you've got to watch this. Take Jude one twenty that says, keep yourself careful watch in the love of God. Because all of these words are awesome. And we could probably get some of those things, and we've seen some of them. But if we want to see the fullness of what God has, then we must, must, must look at ourselves and allow the Lord to speak to us and adjust our attitudes, our words, the way we talk about one another, the way we talk about how the church goes, the way we talk about the leadership, the way we talk about the person who's sitting in the pew, that's not a pew, the chair. We all have a responsibility and you cannot pick up the responsibility for someone else. You cannot change anybody. But what we can do is allow the Lord and his word to form us. That is how we will walk out these words that God has given us. And that is the only way. It will not happen any other way. How many want to increase? How many want to see these things come to pass? How many want to see them, not because we're anything special, but because there are people out there that are broken, there are people out there that are dying. How many want to see life? How many want to see, as this says, that this city is God's? How many want to see that? Let's get really good at walking in love. Let's perfect it. I'm going to end with this. I went a little over, so we're not going to be able to pray today, but that's okay. We're going to jump into prayer next week, and we're going to be really ready to pray. Because I'm challenging each one of you to go and ask the Lord, Lord, have I been outside of your love? And he will show you. And there, sh there will be some repentance, and repentance is not easy. And I'm not saying that, he's not saying everybody has to come up here and say what they've done. But if you have to go and repent to somebody, then you should do it. I know it's humbling. If you have to change Listen, we have the power of the resurrection. We have the love of God in us that said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they've done. That love, nothing less, lives on the inside of you and me. We will, we get in line with his will and we rely on that grace. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm ready to grow. I want powerful prayers. I want prayers that are dy dynamic. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that as we open up our hearts to you, you're showing us, you're leading us. Father, we know that without you, we can do nothing. We know that without your love, there is no profit to anything. 
So Lord, we purpose as a body, if you purpose to do this, really do, I want you to just really take some time, but even right now in your own heart, just say, Lord, we surrender. We humble ourselves before you. Show me where I need to make adjustments. Show me where I've gotten out of love that I can correct. Show me, Father. We want to carry out everything you have for us, for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.